0: Homily 85, Commentary on the Gospel of Saint Matthew by Saint John Chrysostom, translated by Sir George Prevost. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily 85, Matthew 26:67 through 27:10. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, "Prophesy unto us, thou Christ." Who is he that smote thee? Wherefore did they these things, when they were to put him to death? What need of this mockery? That thou mightest learn their intemperate spirit by all things, and that, having taken him like a prey, they thus showed forth their intoxication, and gave full swing to their madness, making this a festival, and assaulting him with pleasure, and showing forth their murderous disposition. But admire, I pray thee, the self-command of the disciples, with what exactness they relate these things. Hereby is clearly shown their disposition to love the truth, because they relate with all truthfulness the things that seem to be opprobrious, disguising nothing, nor being ashamed thereof, but rather accounting it very great glory, as indeed it was, that the Lord of the universe should endure to suffer such things for us this shows both his unutterable tenderness and the inexcusable wickedness of those men who had the heart to do such things to him that was so mild and meek and was charming them with such words as were enough to change a lion into a lamb for neither did he fail in any things of gentleness nor they of insolence and cruelty in what they did in what they said all which things the prophet isaiah foretold thus proclaiming beforehand and by one word intimating all this insolence for like as many were astonished at thee he saith so shall thy form be held inglorious of men and thy glory of the sons of men for what could be equal to this insolence on that face which the sea when it saw it had reverenced from which the sun when it beheld it on the cross, turned away his rays, they did spit, and struck it with the palms of their hands, and some upon the head, giving full swing in every way to their own madness. For indeed they inflicted the blows that are most insulting of all, buffeting, smiting with the palms of their hands, and to these blows adding the insult of spitting at him, and words again teeming with much derision did they speak saying prophesy unto us thou christ who is he that smote thee because the multitude called him a prophet but another saith that they covered his face with his own garment and did these things as though they had got in the midst of them some vile and worthless fellow and not free men only but slaves also were intemperate with this intemperance towards him at that time these things let us read continually these things let us hear aright these things let us write in our minds for these are our honours in these things do i take a pride not only in the thousands of dead which he raised but also in the sufferings which he endured these things paul puts forward in every way the cross the death the sufferings the revilings the insults the scoffs and now he saith let us go forth unto him bearing his reproach and now who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame now peter sat in the court without and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and saith, This man also was there with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath. And after a while came unto him they that stood by, and said unto Peter, surely thou also art one of them for thy speech bereath thee then began he to curse and to swear i know not the man and immediately the cock crew and peter remembered the words of jesus which said before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice and he went out and wept bitterly o strange and wonderful acts! when indeed he saw his master seized only he was so fervent as both to draw his sword and to cut off the man's ear but when it was natural for him to be more indignant and to be inflamed and to burn hearing such revilings then he becomes a denier for who would not have been inflamed to madness by the things that were then done Yet the disciple, overcome by fears, so far from showing indignation, even denies, and endures not the threat of a miserable and mean girl, and not once only, but a second and a third time doth he deny him, and in a short period, and not so much as before judges, for it was without, for when he had gone out into the porch they asked him and he did not even readily come to a sense of his fall and this luke saith namely that christ looked on him showing that he not only denied him but was not even brought to remembrance from within and this though the cock had crowed but he needed a further remembrance from his master and his look was to him instead of a voice so exceedingly was he full of fear but Mark saith, that when he had once denied, then first the ca crew, but when thrice, then for the second time, for he declares more particularly the weakness of the disciple, and that he was utterly dead with fear, having learnt these things of his master himself, for he was a follower of Peter in which respect one would most marvel at him that so far from hiding his teacher's faults he declared it more distinctly than the rest on this very account that he was his disciple how then is what is said true when matthew affirms that christ said verily i say unto thee that before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice and mark declares after the third denial that the cock crew the second time nay most certainly it is both true and in harmony for because at each crowing the cock is wont to crow both a third and a fourth time mark to show that not even the sound checked him and brought him to recollection saith this so that both things are true for before the cock had finished the one crowing he had denied a third time and not even when reminded of his sin by christ did he dare to weep openly lest he should be betrayed by his tears but he went out and wept bitterly and when it was day they led away jesus from caiaphas to pilate for because they were desirous to put him to death but were not able themselves because of the feast they lead him to the governor but mark i pray thee how the act was forced on so as to take place at the feast for so was it typified from the first then judas which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned repented and brought again the thirty pieces of silver this was a charge both against him and against these men against him not because he repented but because he did so late and slowly, and became self-condemned. For that he delivered him up, he himself confessed, and against them, for that having the power to reverse it, they repented not. But mark when it is that he feels remorse, when his sin was completed, and had received an accomplishment. For the devil is like this, he suffers not those that are not watchful to see the evil before this lest he whom he has taken should repent at least when jesus was saying so many things he was not influenced but when his offence was completed then repentance came upon him and not then profitably for to condemn it and to throw down the pieces of silver and not to regard the jewish people were all acceptable things but to hang himself this again was unpardonable and a work of an evil spirit for the devil led him out of his repentance too soon so that he should reap no fruit from thence and carries him off by a most disgraceful death and one manifest to all having persuaded him to destroy himself but mark i pray thee the truth shining forth on every side even by what the adversaries both do and suffer for indeed even the very end of the traitor stops the mouths of them that had condemned him and suffers them not to have so much as any shadow of an excuse that is surely shameless for what could they have to say when the traitor is shown to pass such a sentence on himself but let us see also the words what is said he brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priest and saith i have sinned and that i have betrayed innocent blood and they said what is that to us see thou to that and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself for neither could he bear his conscience scourging him but mark i pray thee the jews too suffering the same things FOR THESE MEN ALSO, WHEN THEY OUGHT TO HAVE BEEN AMENDED BY WHAT THEY SUFFERED, DO NOT STOP UNTIL THEY HAVE COMPLETED THEIR SIN. FOR HIS SIN HAD BEEN COMPLETED, FOR IT WAS A BETRAYAL, BUT THEIRS NOT YET. BUT WHEN THEY too HAD ACCOMPLISHED THEIRS, AND HAD NAILED HIM TO THE CROSS, THEN THEY ALSO ARE TROUBLED, AT ONE TIME SAYING, WRITE NOT, THIS IS THE KING OF THE JEWS. And yet why are ye afraid why are ye troubled at a dead body that is nailed upon the cross at another time they guard over him saying lest his disciples steal him away and say that he is risen again so the last error shall be worse than the first and yet if they do it the thing is refuted if it be not true but how should they say so which did not dare so much as to stand their ground when he was seized and the chief of them even thrice denied him not bearing a damsel's threat but as i said the chief priests were now troubled for that they knew the act was a transgression of the law is manifest from their saying see thou to that here ye covetous consider what befell him how he at the same time lost the money and committed the sin and destroyed his own soul such is the tyranny of covetousness he enjoyed not the money neither the present life nor that to come but lost all at once and having got a bad character even with those very men so hanged himself but as I said, after the act, then some see clearly. See at any rate these men too for a time not willing to have a clear perception of the fact, but saying, See thou to that, which thing of itself is a most heavy charge against them. For this is the language of men bearing witness to their daring and their transgression, but intoxicated by their passion, and not willing to forbear their satanical attempts but senselessly wrapping themselves up in a veil of feigned ignorance for if indeed these things had been said after the crucifixion and his being slain of a truth even then the saying would have had no reasonable meaning nevertheless it would not have condemned them so much but now having him yet in your own hands and having power to release him how could ye be able to say these things FOR THIS DEFENSE WOULD BE A MOST HEAVY ACCUSATION AGAINST YOU. HOW, AND IN WHAT WAY? BECAUSE WHILE THROWING THE WHOLE BLAME UPON THE TRAITOR, FOR THEY SAY, SEE THOU TO THAT, BEING ABLE TO HAVE SET THEMSELVES FREE FROM THIS MURDER OF CHRIST, THEY LEFT THE TRAITOR, AND EVEN PRESSED THE CRIME FURTHER, ADDING THE CROSS TO THE BETRAYAL. FOR WHAT HINDERED THEM WHEN THEY SAID TO HIM, see thou to that themselves to forbear the criminal act but now they even do the contrary adding to it the murder and in every thing both by what they do and by what they say entangling themselves in inevitable ills for indeed after these things when pilate left it to them they chose the robber to be released rather than jesus but him that had done no wrong, but had even conferred on them so many benefits, they slew. What then did that man? When he saw that he was laboring to no profit, and that they would not consent to receive the pieces of silver, he cast them down in the temple, and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the pieces of silver, and said, it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood and they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day then was fulfilled that which was spoken by jeremy the prophet saying and they took the thirty pieces of silver the price of him that was valued and gave them for the potter's field as the lord appointed me seest thou them again self-condemned by their conscience for because they knew that they had been buying the murder they put them not into the treasury but bought a field to bury strangers in and this also became a witness against them and a proof of their treason for the name of the place more clearly than a trumpet proclaimed their blood guiltiness. Neither did they it at random, but having taken counsel, and in every case in like manner, so that no one should be clear of the deed, but all guilty. But these things the prophecy foretold from of old. Seest thou not the apostles only, but the prophets also declaring exactly those things which were matters of reproach? And every way proclaiming the passion and indicating it beforehand this was the case with the jews without their being conscious of it for if they had cast it into the treasury the thing would not have been so clearly discovered but now having bought a piece of ground they made it all manifest even to subsequent generations hear ye as many as think to do good works out of murders, and take a reward for the lives of men. These almsgivings are Judaical, or rather they are satanical. For there are, there are now also they, that take by violence countless things belonging to others, and think that an excuse is made for all if they cast in some ten or a hundred gold pieces. Touching whom also the prophet saith, he covered my altar with tears christ is not willing to be fed by covetousness he accepts not this food why dost thou insult thy lord offering him unclean things it is better to leave men to pine with hunger than to feed them from these sources that was the conduct of a cruel man this of one both cruel and insolent it is better to give nothing than to give the things of one set of persons to others for tell me if you saw any two persons one naked one having a garment and then having stripped the one that had the garment thou wert to clothe the naked wouldest thou not have committed an injustice it is surely plain to every one but if when thou hast given all that thou hast taken to another thou hast committed an injustice, and not shown mercy. When thou givest not even a small portion of what thou robbest, and callest the deed alms, what manner of punishment wilt thou not undergo? For if men offering lame brutes were blamed, what favor wilt thou obtain doing things more grievous? For if the chief making restitution to the owner himself, still doeth an injustice, and so doeth an injustice as by adding fourfold scarcely to do away the charge against himself, and this under the old covenant. He that is not stealing, but taking by violence, and not even giving to him that is robbed, but instead of him to another, nor yet giving fourfold, but not so much as the half, and moreover not living under the old dispensation but under the new consider how much fire he is heaping together upon his own head and if he do not as yet suffer his punishment for this selfsame thing i say bewail him for he is treasuring up against himself a greater wrath unless he repent for what think ye saith he that they alone were sinners upon whom the tower fell down nay i say unto you but except ye repent ye also shall suffer the same things let us repent then and give alms pure from covetousness and in great abundance consider that the jews used to feed eight thousand levites and together with the levites widows also and orphans and they bore many other public charges and together with these things also served as soldiers but now there are fields and houses and hirings of lodgings and carriages and muleteers and mules and a great array of this kind in the church on account of you and your hardness of heart for this store of the church ought to be with you and your readiness of mind ought to be a revenue to her but now two wrong things come to pass both you continue unfruitful and god's priests do not practice their proper duties was it not possible for the houses and the lands to have remained in the time of the apostles wherefore then did they sell them and give away because this was a better thing but now a fear seized our fathers WHEN YOU WERE SO MAD AFTER WORLDLY THINGS, AND BECAUSE OF YOUR GATHERINGS, AND NOT DISPERSING ABROAD, LEST THE COMPANIES OF THE WIDOWS AND ORPHANS, AND OF THE VIRGINS, SHOULD PERISH OF FAMINE, THEREFORE WERE THEY CONSTRAINED TO PROVIDE THESE THINGS, FOR IT WAS NOT THEIR WISH TO THRUST THEMSELVES UNTO WHAT WAS SO UNBECOMING, BUT THEIR DESIRE WAS THAT YOUR GOOD WILL SHOULD HAVE BEEN A SUPPLY FOR THEM, AND THAT THEY SHOULD GATHER THEIR FRUITS FROM THENCE and that they themselves should give heed to prayers only. But now you have constrained them to imitate the houses of them that manage public affairs, whereby all things are turned upside down. For when both you and we are entangled in the same things, who is there to propitiate God? Therefore it is not possible for us to open our mouths when the state of the church is no better than that of worldly men, have ye not heard that the apostles would not consent so much as to distribute the money that was collected without any trouble but now our bishops have gone beyond agents and stewards and hucksters in their care about these things and when they ought to be careful and thoughtful about your souls they are vexing themselves every day about these things for which the innkeepers and tax-gatherers and accountants and stewards are careful these things i do not mention for naught in the way of complaint but in order that there may be some amendment and change in order that we may be pitied for serving a grievous servitude in order that you may become a revenue in store for the church but if ye are not willing behold the poor before your eyes as many as it is possible for us to suffice we will not cease to feed but those whom it is not possible we will leave to you that ye may not hear those words on the awful day which shall be spoken to the unmerciful and cruel ye saw me and hungered and fed me not for together with you this inhumanity makes us laughing-stocks because leaving our prayers and our teaching and the other parts of holiness we are fighting all our time some with wine-merchants some with corn factors others with them that retail other provisions hence come battles and strifes and daily revilings and reproaches and jeers and on each of the priests names are imposed more suitable for houses of secular men when it would have been fit to take other names in the place of these and to be named from those things from which also the apostles ordained from the feeding of the hungry from the protection of the injured from the care of strangers from succoring them that are despitefully used from providing for the orphans from taking part with the widows from presiding over the virgins and these offices should be distributed amongst us instead of the care of the lands and houses these are the stores of the church these the treasures that become her, and that afford in great degree both ease to us and profit to you, or rather to you ease with the profit. For I suppose that by the grace of God they that assemble themselves here amount to the number of one hundred thousand. And if each bestowed one loaf to some one of the poor, all would be in plenty. But if one farthing only, no one would be poor and we should not undergo so many revilings and jeers in consequence of our care about the money for indeed the singing sell thy goods and give to the poor and come and follow me might be seasonably addressed to the prelates of the church with respect to the property of the church for in any other way it is not possible to follow him as we ought not being freed from all grosser and more worldly care but now the priests of god attend at the vintage and harvest and at the sale and purchase of the produce and whereas they that served the shadow had an entire immunity from such matters although entrusted with a more carnal service we who are invited to the very inmost shrines of the heavens and who enter into the true holy of holies take upon ourselves the cares of tradesmen and retail dealers hence great neglect of the scriptures and remissness in prayers and indifference about all the other duties for it is not possible to be split into the two things with due zeal where i pray and beseech you that many fountains may spring up to us from all quarters and that your forwardness may be to us the threshing-floor and the wine-press for in this way both the poor will more easily be supported and god will be glorified and ye will advance unto a greater degree of love to mankind and will enjoy the good things eternal unto which god grant we may all attain by the grace and love towards man of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be glory, world without end, Amen end of homily eighty five